Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Bean Voice podcast. Today we have with us Ule Christian Kvarsvik, who is the managing director at Rendra AS, part of GDM Technology Group. Uh, and uh, their uh, main product is uh, StreamBeam, a tool for uh, uh, for Beam, actually. Hi, Ole Christian. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm very good. Uh, it's so nice to have you here. Uh, can you Thank please you. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself? Yeah, um, I'm, uh, as you said, Ole Christian Kvarsvik. Uh, I'm a structural engineer by training. So, uh, but I wrote my master thesis back in 1999 about 4D simulation. So we connected the schedule to a, a product model or a 3D model or BIM as we know it today. So that kind of set up uh, my career. Uh, so I've been stuck in the BIM industry since then. Um, yeah, work, working first 10 years, uh, approximately, for a public client in Norway, Statsbygg. Uh, so I know the public client side of things quite well. Uh, from there, I moved to Dirofus, which is uh, yeah, programming database content management software, uh, working with BIM, big hospital projects, etc. Where was there uh, six years uh, before I moved to Rendra. Uh, so been here for yeah, more than three years, uh, now managing director. Um, I've been um, quite heavily involved in um, uh, open BIM format, formats uh, with Building Smart, or previously known as IAI. Yeah, so I've <laughs> so been working with uh, the open BIM standards, uh, which was important as a public client where I started my BIM career. Because we saw that, I would say that, the data was locked in to the applications uh, it was a problem we didn't own our own data and we wanted uh, also to set the requirements to the market and we had to move with the open bim standards from that perspective so open bim has been uh, really vital in my bim career at least uh, so been involved with with building smart been board member in building smart norway for a few years also uh, has uh, Open Beam uh, be, uh, been important for you only when you worked uh, with uh, Statsbeak or after that as well? How how important it is right now with Streambeam? Well, with Streambeam it's it's vital uh, because uh, uh, the building smart standards it's is the standards we support. Uh, it gives us as a downstream application uh, only one interface to all the uh, different Beam uh, authoring tools. So it's vital for keeping uh, keeping up the speed in development. So for us, it's uh, it's a great platform uh, to work with. Um, but I think also the Open BIM standard is kind of crucial for innovation. It means that, uh, well, companies like us, small uh, tech companies, uh, and and there's quite a few of us, we we are able to innovate and grab the data and do something clever with them. Uh, so I think that's that's crucial not only to us but to the entire industry that we have those Open BIM formats. I see. Yeah. So um, I think from a competitive perspective as well, and for uh, end users, it's it's kind of crucial that we have good good platforms and people, or the big big uh, BIM authoring companies that they actually implement support for that for those standards. It's kind of kind of important. Yes, indeed. What exactly uh, is Streambeam doing? Well, Streambeam is. Uh, 
collaborative platform uh, for BIM. So uh, whatever uh, they produce in the BIM authoring tools, you can import that and uh, create a federated model and you will uh, communicate, uh, do task management decisions, etc. Uh, there are other tools that do the same, but it's a collaborative platform and it was made from scratch to be um, to be used on handheld devices. So also the interfaces, uh, you will see even in, on desktop, uh, you will see uh, the traces of the handheld uh, functionality. So you're supposed to be able to operate it with your fingers. Um, and it's supposed to be kept clean, simple. So even if you're out on site um, installing uh, pipes or whatever, you should be able to use it. You don't have to be an expert to use it. So that's uh, that's StreamBeam uh, in a nutshell. Okay, so it's not only for planners. It it's good for uh, general contractors as, as well on the building side. Yeah, I think uh, many of our customers would say that we are a field BIM solution. So uh, on site, bridging the gap between uh, the, the the design office and and uh, the site production has been our mission. But we see we're we're stretching in both directions, both uh, more design uh, planning, uh, but also uh, on the other side, handing over what people start referring to as digital twins after uh, completed construction. But on-site has been our uh, core uh, functionality and where we are have been ahead of many of our competitors. How exactly it is used on site? Like what uh, are we using? Are we talking about drawings or uh, can you go a little bit deeper in the, into details here? Yes, we, uh, we stream uh, as the product name indicates, stream BIM, we stream. Uh, so we're streaming technology of the models, uh, but it's also uh, uh, drawings. So we have, uh, we have projects that have, uh, well, thousands of drawings which you're able to stream um, to your uh, device. So it means that as a site manager, you have all those 4,000 drawings in your pocket. You don't have to walk back to the barracks, um, navigate through a file a folder structure, uh, find the document you need, print it, and then go back on site. You can um, pick it up uh, by a simple navigation on your uh, handheld device. But we think um, that drawing is, um, it will be less and less drawings and document-centric process. I think you should be able to generate your own drawings uh, from, from a model. Because it's not necessarily the drawings or the 2D view you want to get rid of. It's uh, the hours spent in producing those drawings. So that's also a, a key aspect of, of uh, our vision, at least. Uh, and we, we see that more and more of our customers really appreciate that. Uh, both because they save money, but also because um, you're changing the, the process from, from a push where uh, the engineer or architect is tagging drawings with uh, the measurements they think you need to produce to that the, the guy actually installing it just derives and generates those measurements themselves. And can are, you are able to communicate the same information to a model as you have been doing for thousands of years through drawings. So I think that's, 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 we're at the tipping point there. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, you know, I really believe there is a lot of uh, value in something else, uh, in the kind of data you get when you get a delivery of drawings. Like that, that data is not uh, very smart data. I, I don't like to call it very smart because it's quite static and uh, it, get, uh, it gets deposited maybe in a, 
in an archive room uh, where it's difficult to find it or something, right? Yeah. And meantime, it's much easier to yeah to just use an app and generate the views you need the, to read the details you need to do your work, right? And yeah. After that, for uh, for uh, operations, it might be much easier to just uh, find a smarter way to uh, uh, search for the information you look for. And it, it's uh, maybe looking uh, through uh, hundreds of documents is not the best way, uh, I believe. No, I, I completely agree. And uh, that's one of the things we realized in, uh, in Startspeak when I was, was there, that we actually paid uh, people to dummify uh, the data. And that's what we asked for in, in our contracts. Uh, so instead of asking for those good intelligent data that was already out there in the market, even early 2000, uh, we asked them to dummify data and send them uh, send that across. So it was a was a disaster, uh, and a lot of the quality assurance that we did. Uh, I hope no one from Startspeak is listening now, but we did some spot checking of those uh, those documents sent over as drawings. Maybe we we managed to to check 10, 20%, and we hoped that the rest would hold the same quality. Instead of asking the machine to get rid of, say, 50% of that, would the, the machine a, a simple Solibri check or something like that could could even uh, quality assure much better than we could. So yes. uh, it's it's not a good uh, process. Yeah, the the benefits are uh, are are a lot and are uh, are uh, huge, and the the impact their impact is huge as well. Yeah. Do you have uh, uh, do you have uh, right now uh, any projects or is the app used now in any projects that are uh, drawing Lex projects? Yes, we have uh, we have uh, more and more of that uh, actually. Uh, we have uh, well just uh, since you ask uh, our uh, best Swedish project Celsius was just uh, awarded uh, the Building Smart Awards for construction. And that's a completely drawingless uh, project. Yes, thank you. <laughs> it's uh, they're a really good uh, good team over there, and uh, they have a great application, of course, uh, to do that. But um, yeah, more and more um, projects are at least cutting down on uh, the use of drawings, and we have uh, some that are completely drawingless. And, and the Celsius project that has been run in Uppsala, it's a Vasakron project, but. Uh, but they were completely without drawings through the entire, uh, well, both design and production. So it's, um, but it, that, that has been really a great, uh, great project for us. We also learned a lot uh, what to provide and how to support that process. Uh, we also have large projects in Norway that are doing that. Um, at the Haukland Sykehus, we have the, the Bus 2, Barna Ungdom Sykehus Byggetrin 2 which is a 50,000 square meter hospital project. Uh, and they are also, uh, they're not completely drawing less, uh, but uh, more and more. Uh, so we see that some, uh, some domains or disciplines are easier to support than others. Um, but yeah, for example, the electrical uh, installations are not that easy because there are quite a few things you don't put into the model. Uh, where do you wire uh, to which connection and support which so we are we are working on some some yeah to better support that process. But it, so it's it's the difference from domain to domain. But it's the, the industry is moving forward. Yeah, at least in Norway. Yeah, yeah, and and that's also one of my really important well issues uh, that we should stop doing something as well. Uh, 
is not because most of the BIM projects I've been involved in, it's by nature, it's, it's interpreted as this is something you do in addition to it, on top of everything else. Uh, but to really improve, you need to you need to uh, stop doing something. That's that's when your productivity is going to, uh, yeah, have a boost, uh, which is not uh, something we have every year in in this industry. No, unfortunately, no. Uh, but uh, there are also other factors there, and uh, yeah, the, it depends a lot also on the requirements of the cl the client, right? Uh, yeah. To, like it's nice, uh, starts big, but in order starts like I said. Uh, have um, uh, updated uh, requirements and they try to implement this uh, on most of the projects or mo all of them uh, maybe yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah I don't know uh, about uh, other uh, clients but uh, yeah it gets more and more popular so uh, it, it might sometimes there are some legal legal stuff involved that uh, are not allowing you to f go full uh, drawing less but uh, yeah, at least uh, at some extent you can go uh, as much as possible, right? Yeah, I um, uh, the the contractual uh, barriers are definitely not uh, productive uh, for implementation of BIM. Uh, we still see most of the contracts they rate drawings legally above above the model. Uh, as you say, there are there are clients now uh, trying to change that, and I, I think the it's very easy psychology. Uh, you get good at what you're measured by. And if drawings uh, are what you're measured by legally, that's what you become good at. Uh, if you change that, you, you will naturally have a bigger focus on, on the legal uh, delivery uh, that you will have. So I think that's crucial and it's a bottleneck for, for implementation and, and, uh, and also uh, the ability to stop doing something, uh, which is not really productive. Yeah, that is indeed very well put. Uh, and uh, yeah, but it's good that uh, we have these uh, clients that are... Uh trying to 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 uh, join to in the future <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, yeah. to step in the future right what is bim for you oh bim um yeah um i guess i uh, i said uh, that to me bim is open bim and open bim to me is about ownership to the data uh, you want to own your own data and open bim is also a great transport format so transport things uh, in and between business processes. And it's a fantastic archiving format as well. Uh, so it's those three key aspects, uh, but it's all about process, isn't it? Uh, that you want to reuse rather than recreate data. Uh, so that's, that's BIM and, and also uh, the transparency aspect, uh, give people access to the information they need to do their decisions. Uh, is also a, a vital uh, point, BIM for me. So um, yeah, uh, I've been <laughs> I've been working with BIM for for 20 years or more, <laughs> and it's uh, uh, now it's it feel like it's been going up all the way. The implementation we're pretty lucky to be in Norway, I think, and we had um, we've been uh, quite forward leaning, uh, and also uh, I think also the big public clients in Norway have made a huge difference uh, because they invested in, in big projects, uh, hospitals, um, yeah, museums, the, the airports. They invested in these large and long lasting projects, which is very, very educational for any, anyone involved. So I think um, Norway is not the worst place to be. Um, 
So uh, yeah. Yes, it's 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 always nice to be at the epicenter of uh, the change, uh, and uh, let's hope that this will just uh, go outside of Norway and Scandinavia as well, because yeah, the the other Nordic Nordic countries are also doing a good job, and uh, uh, yeah, we uh, like this needs to to happen at uh, at uh, the planetary scale. I, I don't see I I don't see uh, why not. And I think in the future people will realize that. So uh, somebody said that Norway is a very uh, good as an incubator. Like Norway looks like an incubator because it's a small market, right? But this incubator can have a big impact on the entire world if people start seeing the value in approaching this uh, this uh, innovations and uh, progress, right? So, uh, yeah, I, th I think there are really good uh, good examples, and you have to lead by example. Uh, so I think we already had a huge impact uh, internationally, actually, uh, by the work we've done, and we also worked quite heavily with Building Smart as an organization as well. So I think we we have a lot of uh, clever people that have been involved in this, and uh, yeah, so uh, I think we're we're making a difference. That's very good, and uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to to see like to the day when we don't need to talk about why do we have this are there any beam challenges why people don't understand exactly what is beam why don't people yeah. don't use beam for requirements why people don't use beam on their projects why and why i'm really looking forward to that day when everybody knows yeah it, like like exactly how naturally we address to drawings right now to to think about uh, everything what is new like to not think about like I own these drawings. I need to. I don't need to share with anybody else or something, right? But uh, yeah, everything is uh, is uh, is working as it's supposed to. And not not only like uh, it's not like this is not more effective. And it, that that's that's why I'm very confused because this it brings a lot of value and makes people saving a lot of money and time, right? Yep. But um, I guess the, um, the addiction to uh, our comfort zone and to the old way of uh, doing things, it's a little bit uh, higher than uh, to improve ourselves. Yeah, change change takes takes time. <laughs> yeah, 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 it does. Yeah. And uh, yeah, change and uh, cultural change as well. But uh, like like you said, uh, like I am I'm positive. Uh, that's why I, I do this podcast and. Uh, I think it's going to happen. I, I I want to try to do my share to maybe speed it up uh, 0 0.00001. Uh, but uh, that's that that would be nice for me. So uh, yeah, do we actually see? Like, do you have any challenges? Uh, like we are in Norway, right? And we we are happy for this. That, but do we are there still any challenges when we try to implement it? When you try to implement your product on projects and such or everything is smooth and yeah. all is working well? <laughs> well I, I guess it depends who you ask uh, but we are uh, we are definitely moving in the right direction but uh, but there are of course still challenges and, and like we said it's uh, changes take time i had a a, a good good friend and uh, a colleague uh, professor arto kivinemi he said change happens out of fear or envy Oh. So part of the part of the problem is that there's actually not that many around that are much better than you uh, as a 
contractor or consultant or and as long as there's no substitute really uh, making it um, difficult to do your business uh, you you don't change that that fast but i think uh, well if you, if you look on the norwegian market i don't think there's uh, many consultants that would go that would tell you that they don't do bim right now but I think you, you don't have to go too far out of Norway before you meet a lot of consultants that will say that, uh, no, we don't do BIM, we do drawings. Uh, but you don't anymore here. So that, that change and that barrier is there. But as long as there's no one over there that makes a lot of money, more money, so you envy them or because you're afraid of getting out of business because you're not, not in the game anymore. I think until you reach that point, um, is still is still a barrier. So the, the problem is you we need those good examples to move forward. Uh, we also yeah touched by the contractual regimes uh, and how they are barriers to to good implementation because you still require drawings. You all require you the contracts are lagging behind uh, the technology and also the adoption in the market. I think there are lots of uh, players out there, both architects and engineers and, and contractors, that would be really happy to see some changes to to the, the legal uh, aspects of what your requirements for, for deliveries in the project are. Eventually, uh, what you need to do is deliver good facilities, right? So the question is, how do you do that? Uh, but uh, also the client side, uh, the guys buying uh, the services and, and houses, they are they are lagging behind. So they, we all need to uh, get into this new way of thinking. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's the same delivery in many ways. It's just, it just happens in a different way. Uh, there are more efficient ways of doing this. So um, yeah, change takes time. Uh, we just need to address all aspects and processes. It's, it's so many actors involved. We did an R&D project uh, in Stasbyg at one point. Uh, it was a rather small project, 10,000 square meter, uh, but uh, there were 800 different actors involved, uh, from the wow. guys breaking the rocks for the facade uh, in the in, well, out there too to everyone. And and it's yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of actors involved in this. It's not a value chain; it's a value system that needs to work together. So it's plenty of in plenty of aspects <laughs> and people that need to need to be on board uh, to get this moving in the right direction yeah yes indeed it's uh, it's very complex uh, that's uh, yeah, that's another reason but that is not an excuse for us to just uh, sleep on uh, no no on, uh, and, and, I, and i think uh, what we learned in, in, in starspeak again is that we have to talk about what we shall not do anymore uh, it's it's a focus that we forget when we ask that travel around and speak about this brilliant stuff. We, we forget to tell them, uh, well, this is what you can do, but you should not do this anymore. So talk about what you shall not do anymore. I think that's, that's a good approach because people, people, as soon as they get something uh, in addition or on top of everything else, they, they are not quite that motivated. So um, change focus. Yeah, interesting. Can you give some examples of, uh, for example, misconceptions about uh, BIM and uh, about these kind of things that uh, you say? Yeah, uh, there are quite a lot of those. Uh, and uh, well, speaking of the open BIM uh, formats, uh, the IFC don't work uh, expression that we saw in Norway, I guess, as late as five years ago. Uh, we still 
see them. I met them in a neighbor country just uh, six months ago. And that's, uh, and that's not the standard, uh, the open standard that doesn't work. It's uh, most often is the implementation of that by uh, the Beam authoring tools, how that works. Um, yeah, so there, that's, that's one aspect of it. Um, another one is that BIM is the same as 3D. And I can understand that people think that uh, because 3D could be a, a model uh, or uh, how should you put it? It's, it's one report out of a BIM. A 2D drawing could be another report out of a BIM. A door schedule could be a third report out of a BIM. So a BIM is, is much more than 3D, uh, but people tend to think that 3D and BIM is the same, but, uh, but it's not. Um, like I said, 3D is only one report out of a BIM. That's another misconception. If I may uh, jump in here quickly, uh, like uh, the geometrical representation is just one aspect of, of the information we talk yep. about in, uh, in modeling the information, right? So you have the graphical information, but there is other kind of information, right? Like you said, uh, documentation yep. with uh, different... Uh, for different uh, purposes, I don't know, maybe for fire resistance or something else or uh, equipment yep. details or anything else. We don't need to have that in the model. and But that is still part of the, the whole information we need to make a building work and yep. the function as it's supposed to, right? So uh, that's, uh, I, I think, like I've seen this, uh, this is a problem and it's bugging me as well because, uh, but I think it's because also, because we did not, it would have been easier if we, if there it was a name for this model. Maybe it would be just easier to just call it 3D model. But uh, I don't know what peop why people needed to call it BIM model, because it leads to confusion. Instead of thinking for uh, to BIM as uh, the process, as the po process of modeling, harvesting, using the information, but using uh, attributing it to an object, which is the 3D model, right? Which is yeah, yeah that that's like you said. That, that's a part of, of BIM, and it's an important one, of course, but it's only the graphical part, right? And it's not only about that. Like when we talk about BIM, we talk about how we use the information yep. to get the best, uh, the best out of the project, right? For every, every, everyone involved, but uh, the best uh, mostly for the project, right? Yeah, so I guess it's better actually to not use the acronym, but but use building information model um, because I guess the information part is is vital, as you say. But there's also lots of relations there there where you can use. Uh, so uh, Air Terminal knows that it has a relation to a room that has a relation to uh, well the, the surrounding walls. It has a relation to the floor uh, that has a relation to the building, the site, the project, etc. So it's in many ways also a relational database. Um, so people need to realize that. Um, and yeah, and uh, we also seen over the years that people, they say they want BIM, but as long as you don't know what to use it for, it's kind of difficult to get things started because you get very fragmented and unorganized uh, data information related to that. And as long as it's the structured data is not in those models. The, the use cases um, disappear for you. Uh, so it's, it's kind of crucial that people also understand that they need to have structured data across all the disciplines and the models that are there. Unfortunately, regarding, I, I think what led to this, uh, like this is like a very big uh, confusion in regarding BIM, right? 
unfortunately i think a lot of the blame for this is the uh, are the software companies that have marketed very hard beam as being uh, the the model you build in their software yeah so yeah yeah i guess the at least the the, the market leading uh, beam authoring tools are not necessarily so well, it's, it's not in their interest to be able to share that to other software, uh, to put it like that. If you want to solve everything in your software, you don't want data to go outside. And I work in the software industry now, and I know that, uh, you know, if you own the data, you own the customer. Uh, that's kind of a key uh, to many companies. And especially the market leaders will hang on to that. Uh, and that's why, again, uh, the open BIM formats are so crucial. So you're able to actually take your own data and put it stick it into any application that solves your problem so that's uh, that's important yeah yeah that that should be a no-brainer actually but uh, yeah we we need to fight with the establishment but uh, it's good that uh, things are happening on that front as well and uh, yeah building smart is doing a good job regarding this and uh, yeah it's going to be even better forward looking yeah. Do you see any other other misconceptions, maybe? Well, I, I guess there are uh, a lot of them. Um, the worst one is that, uh, well, BIM is not for me. Uh, we don't do that. <laughs> 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 it's just another way of saying you don't understand what's going on. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that's the biggest one. But I think uh, BIM is for everyone. You just need to figure out uh, what it is and how it can be used and why it's a better way of working than, than what you do currently. And it's not necessarily that you uh, do something else, you just do it a different way. Yeah. Okay. Now let's make a, uh, take a break from uh, complaining and let's look to the positive side. Do you see anything that is exciting happening in AAC industry? Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, I think it's uh, it's really exciting times. Uh, I have to uh, I have to say that. Uh, I think it's a very strong focus on. Uh, well, I, I guess also COVID made it uh, even more obvious that you need to be more digital, uh, and people get stuck at home. Uh, you need to collaborate uh, digitally, and of course, for a cloud solution like ours, it's. It's not a bad thing that <laughs> people are are uh, moving to the clouds for collaboration. Uh, so that's that's very exciting. COVID is not exciting uh, as such, but I, I think the focus uh, on the digital stuff and as long as we go well further than just putting some electricity to the paper, as some people do and and think that is being digital, I think that's. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we are definitely moving somewhere now. We also see the, the new ISO standard in 19650 that has a focus on, on say, data, graphical data and, and documents. While the, I think the documents part of it is going to be smaller and the data and the graphical data is going to uh, kind of chip in. Also the requirements we see coming out of the government in, in UK very interesting, uh, a country that has uh, a long way to go, but they need to start somewhere. Uh, and I think they're really putting a focus on that. And I think that's that's financially motivated. 
when we started working with this, uh, we had to chop in some extra R&D money uh, to get things going. But now I think the financial uh, motivation has uh, really uh, is what keeps the ball rolling now. Uh, people see that it's good money in, in actually uh, implementing. And I think that's a good place to be because now we're tipping over and it's going to be uh, uh, well, fast forward now. We're, we're, uh, we're at a really good, good and very interesting uh, spot right now. That's so nice and good to hear. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I was at a meeting in, a, well, it was a IAI meeting, which is what Building Smart was supposed well, previously called, in Budapest in 2001. And we had one exercise where we would write down, where do you see the industry in five years? <laughs> and, I, and I remember I was pretty optimistic. Uh, and I guess we are, uh, maybe we are uh, now uh, approximately where I thought we would be in 2006. <laughs> oh my God. So, so it has been a, has been a long way, uh, but... Um, do you see any improvement like right now, like you said, like uh, I feel like from my perspective, from my, my feeling is that the last 12 months, let's say the things have been accelerated a lot. Or maybe if you look at the last two, three years compared with the entire last 10 years, it's a big difference in these two, three years, last two, three years. Yeah, I agree. The last two, three years has been really, uh, really speeding up. It's been about becoming a really steep, uh, steep curve. Uh, so uh, the two, three last years has, has been really, uh, really good. Um, at least in our home market, which is, I guess, Scandinavia here, but uh, where we see things are starting to move out there as well. So I'm, uh, I'm really optimistic uh, uh, for uh, changes in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Um... You said you, you mostly uh, have clients from Scandinavia, uh, not so much uh, outside in Europe? No, not, not yet. Uh, we, are, uh, we have um, global ambitions, so we want to we wanna be a global partner. Uh, and as also um, this SaaS solution that we have, uh, app, uh, ID, uh, we want to be a, an easy product where you want to just hand them over, uh, but we need, uh, we see that uh, maybe we need to explain them a few things about the concepts as well. So it takes a bit more time than we were hoping, but uh, we have uh, definitely global ambitions. Uh, so we want to go, go out also outside Europe with our product. That sounds good. Good luck with that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it will be more it will become more relevant, uh, of course, uh, and uh, it might go actually like it might be different, right? Like instead of just uh, people starting to understand better and better how they can implement BIM, they just can suddenly just see this application, try it, and say, "Oh, I could use this on my project. Why not?" Right? So let's yeah. see if we try this project without uh, uh, drawings and see how it goes. But um, yeah, do, do, uh, what are the biggest advantages, like um, like the the most positive feedback you get from customers right now? Regarding our software or yes, in general, yes, our yes. software? Well, uh, I guess the easy to use is, uh, is a key. Uh, and also, um, of course, that uh, everybody sees the same, uh, the snappy communication that you will have. 
being on the cloud. And then if somebody asks a question uh, for a request for information or something uh, on site early in the morning, even if, if you're at the bus, you can just um, check that out and give them a response. Instead of waiting for hours, uh, somebody have to come into office, discuss. So you can clarify that. So it becomes very clear what you communicate uh, because you have the model. You can even do snapshots, you can do comments, and you have communicated exactly, very exact, what, what the issue is and what needs to be changed or if you just need a decision. And I guess all uh, willing projects is about two things. It's about tasks and decisions and how you follow up on them. That's the two basics of running a project. So as long as you uh, know who's uh, got that task and when he should be doing it and who follows up on that or taking the quick decisions, that's, uh, that's key. Uh, so that's, I guess, the, the, I guess our biggest strength is, is uh, that, yeah, the communication uh, that you have around it uh, and, uh, and the easy, uh, easy way of using it uh, is our, our biggest competitive edge, uh, edges. Is it so easy as to just upload the IFC file and you just start using it, or you need to do any customization? No, it's uh, that's basically it. You upload IFC. Uh, we group them into layers, so depending on how big and complex your project is. So, like uh, like the fifty or hundred thousand uh, square meter hospital project, you will probably have almost hundred files. But we group them in, so all the architectural uh, files are in one layer, architectural layer, for example. So depending on how you want to group that uh, or how complex your project is, but it's, it's just upload and you need to process to create uh, the, the federated model. Um, and then it's plug and play. And we, we used to say that if you are able to navigate in Google Maps uh, on your phone, you should be able to uh, navigate in StreamBeam uh, on your phone as well. So that's our ambition. That's that's a pretty low uh, entry level, I would say. So should be should should have a, a big success. Well, yeah, that's that's what we hope. We believe that if you hand someone a tool that helps them do the the job, they will use it. And if they use it, you get the good data. And if you have the good data, more people will use it. And you get into this good circle of sharing and building and enhancing and enriching. Uh, so that's, that's kind of uh, our strategy. Lower the uh, barrier uh, for using it, use it more, and then you get better data and you will get more usage. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. It makes completely sense. Because I think, the people that buy software, they're on top. They want to see those great graphs of how they're performing. Uh, but if the people down there is not using the software, if you have a hopeless tool that doesn't help you do your job, you will start using shadow systems, which means you get shit data. And uh, maybe the cake uh, on top looks good, but it doesn't mean that your project is running OK. So. I think it has to start from the bottom if you want to generate those uh, strategic good data where it makes you do the right decisions. You have to start on the bottom. Yeah, that's uh, strong, and uh, it should be uh, the way to uh, to do it. Actually, it is the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's uh, it's not really happening, or it's happening, but like you said, like uh, like uh, shadow data. 
Yeah. It was very <laughs> it's a interesting concept that one. Yeah. The the biggest shadow system on earth is Excel because everybody it's, is working with their own mind. Excel. Yeah. Those spreadsheets are all over the place. I have an extra column, you have an extra row, and there you go. That's uh best way to work together. And on biggest data, right. Yeah, well, Excel it's a, it's a wonderful tool for Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I use it a lot. I love Excel. <laughs> for a specific but, purpose, right? Yeah. yeah, but not for collaboration. Collaboration yeah. dies right there. Yeah, it's, it's your sheet and you have three versions of the same as well, like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Regarding other technologies that you see adopted in the, in the AAC, what do you think uh, can have the biggest impact? I think, of course, um, AI uh, is crucial. We're going to get the processing power now. And also, I think more structured data will make it easier to understand and learn. Uh, and we can actually ask computers to learn for us, uh, tell us uh, what's, the, what's the clever thing to do. Um, and there are, of course, other interesting uh, technologies, uh, also because the devices become uh, so much more powerful and can hand us the data. I think both um, scanning, um, uh, augmented reality, maybe in a combination with design files. So you know exactly what has been built, you know exactly what was designed, and you can combine that uh, with what you see right now. Uh, of course, very interesting. Um, but we need to, uh, yeah, it, it needs to mature a bit, uh, some of those uh, technologies, but I think uh, we're, gonna, we're going to scan more and more. And I think it's only a matter of years before every cleaning lady has a scanner on her uh, trolley and uh, you have a live feed of the facility. Uh, so it means that the as-built documentation is going to improve massively. But you need to, to keep your data alive. That's where we fail today. Uh, the day you hand over the facility, two months later, the drawings start dying. And the same is going to happen with BIM unless somebody has a plan for how to keep it alive. Digital twins. Mm -hmm. now we uh, then we, there. of course, need to connect also the signaling. So you need to know how the building actually performs. And then if you connect AI uh, on top of that, you might even learn how to design a building. And we see that all these big platforms like uh, Autodesk, Forge, etc., when they have 10,000 bridges in the cloud, don't you think they will be able to tell you how to build a bridge? I don't know. <laughs> just i'm just wondering yeah it's uh it's something um like if you yeah uh and we you don't know how are they going to deliver that to you and what is going to happen with uh, everybody doing exactly that right now yeah. and who owns that data yeah yeah well there's a lot of aspects to it but uh you never know what technology brings but uh i think uh well we are at the place where we can start learning things, uh, which means there will also be very powerful software out there in uh, not too distant future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, today uh, it's happening. It's like we we scan quite a lot of buildings, but um, not me, but but generally, like overall, overall, I see uh, this kind of services flourishing. Uh, but I still think it's a little bit expensive technology, and uh, which. Uh, it makes it an uh, expensive delivery. So maybe a quite uh, luxurious uh, service that not uh, 
is not required on every project but this yep. like the technology improves uh, a lot like it's going to be, become cheaper and cheaper until yeah it's going to make sense to just have it like it it, it will become obviously that you lose if you don't have it yeah, yeah, everybody's looking for return of investment. So if the device is expensive, you expect to save more money uh, and somebody need to demonstrate that that's how it is. But I think the potential is huge. Yeah. What about drones? What do you think about drones? Well, that's another aspect, uh, of course, uh, for both indoor and outdoor scanning. Indoor, because you have also, uh, well, uh, the Oslo airport uh, that has a lot of... <laughs> air uh, where you can actually uh, get to places where you've never been before uh, so obviously that will give uh, give you the possibility of scanning uh, where you can't even be and i think those drones will be so precise that you can also go above uh, the suspended ceiling uh, because that's where the problem is usually in facility management and maintenance and operations all those places you cannot see so i, I think drones can uh, can definitely play a part uh, you know, already does, I think, uh, where you get a bigger overview, you get the bird's view uh, quite easy. Uh, also for scanning, uh, it's it will be cheaper to scan from a drone than uh, put this scanner uh, 20 places around the facility and just fly around it. Uh, so definitely a part of the uh, evolution uh, in the scanning uh, area. Yeah, yeah. Exciting times. It is, it is, definitely. There's uh, only the imagination that <laughs> holds you back. <laughs> yeah, that's true indeed. Like, uh, like and that's the, the reality. Like, if you think about what a uh, uh, usual or, no, or normal person can have access today compared to a king a few hundred years ago, like from yeah. a comfort point of view, it's 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 unbelievable. Even uh, even fifty years ago, even one hundred years ago, right? You don't need to look so 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 much behind. So yeah, it's the acceleration uh, of the progress has been uh, tremendous uh, lately. Yeah, and it will uh, it will continue. Yeah, yeah, it, it will just grow exponentially. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, now let's hope that uh, all the outcomes will. Uh, it it can go wrong as well uh, when when you when you go so quick. So um, let's hope that. Um, we will go into the right direction, especially with AI. If we talk about these technologies, like yeah, it's um, it's exciting but also frightening. So uh, <laughs> we'll have to balance that. Yeah. What can we do with uh, skeptics about BIM? Do you have any advice? I'll make more money than them. Yeah, just make them uh, make them know uh, how much money you make <laughs> when you're doing it. But it's like uh, like. Professor Arto Kivinem is uh, his, uh, his uh, fear or envy that will make change. Um, no, but I, one thing I learned from from being in this uh, industry for a long time is that you have to work with the motivated. That's the only way of moving things forward. Uh, and that's also where you learn. Uh, you have to work with the motivated. They will uh, make things happen. And that's when you move uh, both your own uh, skill set, but also uh, project and the industry forward. So the skeptics, they can be skeptics for a while, but uh, you just have to repeat the message uh, again and again. It's like, uh, yeah, the coach of the Norwegian football team says, uh, repetition, repetition, repetition. It's, uh, that's that's the only way. Uh, also in this uh, this area. 
Yeah, that that's uh, that sounds good. But uh, I don't know. Uh, can't we find any way to integrate the skeptics in here? Like, uh, I know it's definitely the the motivated people, the interested ones that will make the change. But I'm thinking, like, uh, can we do something, or, or can they do something to to expand the the views of others? I think you, if you if you look on uh, say on the Norwegian market at least uh, or in general I guess uh, there are far less skeptics now than five years ago, and even even further less than back in two thousand and five everybody almost were skeptic. Uh, even the resellers of BIM authoring tools could tell you that well this doesn't work really. And, <laughs> so we are moving in the right direction, and I think the key to that is the good examples. Uh, keep telling about those good projects, uh, showing, demonstrating, uh, show something live and not only PowerPoints because the skeptics have seen the PowerPoints. They don't believe in those PowerPoints. So you need to show them, uh, demonstrate. So that's that's just telling these good stories. Keep telling those good stories. Um, that's that's how it, I, I think, is the only way forward. Uh, yeah, that that's valid. Uh, that's good. Uh, but... Uh... What about the the motivated people? What can they do to to get further? Are there any things like uh, from like let's say somebody would like to learn more about the best tools or I don't know how how do you for example keep yourself updated regarding everything uh, around BIM? I think you have to get yourself involved in those relevant projects. <laughs> So uh, I, I guess getting your hands dirty is the best way of learning. At least that's uh, what I, well, how I experienced my, my, my education on this area. Go into the projects, get your hands dirty, and try out stuff and convince someone to try something. Uh, we all need to learn uh, and educate uh, to make the best decision for the future. You, you need to go in there uh, and you need to invest and also the, both the project leaders and uh, the clients and uh, say the, the strategic level of, of every company, they should invest in educating their people in uh, interesting technology. So the motivated, they need to work with motivated leaders. <laughs> that's, you, you know, that that's very important what you said exactly right there. And uh, I don't know, I'm afraid that not always the motivated leaders know about exactly are aware about the potential of this. I think you're right. So I I think that's a that's a challenge, right there. And uh, yeah, how how do do you approach this? How do you because you cannot just go yeah you are my leader boss here you should learn this right? Well, again the good examples, show them some demonstrators, ease their. Uh say they're in curiosity uh, with something. Here's good money, here's good process, here's good recognition, uh, yeah. And you know, the guy over there, he will envy you if you do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's a really good uh, strategy indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I guess, um, well, everybody's different, but uh, you should, uh, well, start teasing their, well, their curiosity, uh, so. Start the small gray ones. It might take time, but still get them started. Yeah, but you know what? This might work very well here in Norway. 
Where may I don't know. May you definitely are open to suggestions, or if somebody, uh, an employee or a colleague, comes to comes to you right and uh, wants to tell you, yeah, we could yeah. do this, we could try that. You are open to this, right? Yeah, you. Uh, this is normal, the cultural norm in Norway, right? Yep. I would dare to say that is not really the case uh, outside Scandinavia, maybe. So that oh, that agree. might be a challenge, a big challenge. No, I, I think that's actually our biggest competitive edge that uh, development can come from from below. Uh, you can suggest changes and you can you, you're not only doing what you're told to do. You you say, well, if we do it like this, it might even be a better way of doing it. And and, and, and that's allowed. It's a very flat structure. Uh, and I think that's our biggest competitive edge on, on innovation from from many other, other uh, well, regions of, of the world. Yeah, so that so might be a good point. Might be good to uh, to change a little bit this as well the the outlook or, or the yeah the hierarchy in companies it's yeah it's very abrupt in uh, yeah. outside yeah yeah unfortunately uh, but uh, but still like uh, if you want to improve yourself like nobody can stop you to try to to improve even if. Uh, uh, you can do it in your own time, right? You can try, like, you do something in the uh, wrong way at work. You can try to see, like, if you are, you see that a potential technology that might help you or a software to do it better, you can try on your time if you really want to, right? And after that, you can show it maybe to a colleague or something. And yeah, yep. I don't know. There are more ways, but I think self motivation regarding this and self desire to to explore. Uh, different ways of doing things and not adhering just to yeah I this is how I do my work and I will not look around and see if I can do it better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I guess there are, there are different cultures out there, and uh, I, I've been working quite a lot in the, in the U, with the U.S. market, and uh, well, see, they are they are much better at writing good reports because the reports where you uh, actually uh, convert something into return of investment. Okay. And they say that, well, uh, this is, uh, you're going to save 30% if you do it like this. Uh, <laughs> and nobody verifies the numbers, but it says 30%. And that's okay. So we, we try, we jump on that. In, wow. In uh, this neighborhood here, uh, we say, well, that's cool. Let's try it. And we jump on it and uh, we try. And uh, we think it's much, much better. Uh, but we never quantify it. We never, we, we don't re write those reports. Uh, so we, we, Maybe we should marry the academics uh, a bit uh, more here in this in this area. But there are different ways of doing that because, well, if you say that this report shows that it's thirty percent savings, uh, well, the the boss jumps on it and you you have a go. Wow, there are different cultures. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you would like to mention right now? That I might forgotten to ask uh, you about. <laughs> well, I guess uh, this is a domain we can talk forever about. But uh, well, I can't think of anything special. Uh, <laughs> I have to get That's me good. started That's or something. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, then uh, very good. Uh, how how can somebody contact you if uh, they would like to ask you something? They could uh, try our website, streambeam.com, or uh, they could um, connect through our, um, yeah, well, through email, uh, which is uh, 
my three letters OKK and then at rendra.io. Uh, that's my email. So please, please connect there. Or we also have a phone here. And uh, yeah, someone will pick it up and you'll be helped. Okay, so uh, is your website in English as well or not only in Norwegian? No, it's, uh, it's in English as well. So streambeam.com. Awesome. Yeah, thank you very thank much you. for joining me. It was a pleasure. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for taking the time. <laughs> Thank you.